0: You're listening to Threads Radio, my name's Luke Fraser, and this is The Tonic. Gabriella Frank's Leandas an Andean walkabout from 2001. It's just such a feisty piece, fusing together what to me sounds like strong echoes of Bartók along with Aaron Copeland and then moving into Sergio Leone and marrying them all with Andean folk music sources. I'm not a panpipe to be heard anywhere though. It sounds like music of wide open plains to me. It's very filmic and broad spectrum as well as being full of brilliant technical details. And I just love all the varieties of pizzicato or string plucking in that, much more full-bodied and varied than you often hear with orchestral music. It was originally written for string quartet in 2001 and then fleshed out for string orchestra a couple of years later. And perhaps Gabriella Frank sensed the potential for broadening out the forces involved, as I think there's something about the extra firepower of the string orchestra version that really gives it an edge. Gabriella Frank, she's an American of Lithuanian Jewish and Peruvian Chinese descent and her work makes a lot of this multicultural heritage, particularly the Peruvian influence on her mother's side. She said that she thinks her music can be seen as a byproduct of my always trying to figure out how Latina versus how gringa I am. That was performed by the Boston Chamber Orchestra called A Far Cry and was put out on the HD Classical Music YouTube channel in twenty fifteen as as far as I'm aware, the string orchestral version has yet to be released on record. <speaking in Spanish>
1: Siciliani, 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 siciliani. No, 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 се no, 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 Don't
0: There by Miroslav Reichel, written in 1978. They were in order: New Autumn Song, Crisscross, Little Song of Destiny, Don Di Don Don, Shine and Shadow, and What Are You Doing Bats? And they're based on the stories of the Czech writer J.R. Pick. Miroslav Reichel, he's a composer I knew nothing at all about until I was putting this show together and came across these magicals and they just grabbed me straight away, particularly that sublime second movement. He was Czech, he studied in Prague before going on to work at the Czech Music Archives and as Secretary of the Czech Composers Union in the 60s. Musically, it seems he started with symphonies and other large orchestral works before eventually working towards vocal compositions with an emphasis on children's choirs. And reading around a bit, it seems these pieces have become his lasting legacy. He obviously had a knack for them. That was performed by the Kuhn Mixed Chorus, conducted by Pavel Kuhn, and released on the album Lukas Eben Reichel Kallak on the label Panton in 1989.
1: chilling and stunning.
0: That's The Inner by Maria de Alvia written in 1999 and inspired by a poem by Soligel M.A. Ruiz Razo. There's always a place to be. Can you find it? Do you recognize it? Can you touch it? Can you feel it? Can you put words to it? Can you speak of it? What is it? Ruiz Razo is a wolf clan of the Cherokee people from Missouri and it seems Maria de Alvia has been quite strongly influenced by her teachings and writings. De Alvia is Spanish-German, she's based in Germany and she features visual art or visual elements in many of her pieces and talks about the essence of her work consisting in creating what she calls protected open spaces, be it a spiritual space, a physical space or a psychological one in which the performer and the audience can experience the freedom of being. And she's also said that sound has the quality of putting a particular person's mind and body in a specific place. Sound combinations can work on our state of mind as precisely as a surgical instrument. The change of one single note can cause a complete change in the state of mind and physical location in which a person has been before. And that for me is exactly what's happening in this piece. I love the chords in it with the bass pedal notes continually recasting the meaning of the organ harmonies and the repeating vocal notes and it's one of those pieces where you can build up to what in the cold light of day are really some pretty extremely discordant harmonies not jarring as such but twisted and contorted and yet contextually in the flow of the piece they somehow sound far less so i think it's all those pedal tones in the organ bass and with the vocal that bind everything together and create a sense of complete coherence to the harmonic language. But ultimately, I think it's one of those pieces whose mood or essence seems almost impossible to capture in words. You can argue that about any piece of music, of course, but I'm gonna really argue it here. So why am I even trying to describe it, you might reasonably ask. It's beyond just being dark or brooding or ethereal. There's a kind of depthless intangibility to it all. It was performed by Maria Jones, the vocalist, with Bettina Strubel on organ and released on the compilation Because Tomorrow Comes number four from the label Because Tomorrow Comes in 2001. those. That's the series of Mode Etudes by Dobrinka Tabakova, written in 1999. She's a Bulgarian-British composer, born in Plovdiv, Bulgaria's second city, and later studying in London. And she's become one of the most widely performed of a new generation of British female composers. She's a pianist herself, as well as writing. And she says that this set of seven etudes for the piano is designed to introduce performers to one of the oldest musical traditions of organizing notes the modes dorian lydian phrygian and mixolydian ionian locrian and aeolian so music theory 101 what are modes well basically scales with particular sequences of tones and semitones that originated in the various regions of ancient greece the Western major scale is the same as the Ionian mode, for example, and the natural minor, or melodic minor descending, if that's the kind of description that gets your juices flowing, is the same as the Aeolian. That's performed by Evelyn Chang on piano and taken from her album Poets from the East, released by Avi back in 2009. The orchestra reimagined now. This is the music of Angelica Negron. Dido, or I'm lost from 2015 by Angelica Negron and that piece was worked on in collaboration with the instrument maker Nick Ullman and the mechanical instruments you can hear in it are described as being robotic modules which incorporate traditional gamelan together with samples of woks and pans from Negron's kitchen. Angelica Negron, she's a Puerto Rican composer living in Brooklyn. She's very involved with some pretty brilliant looking DIY instrument design using various sources, plants and notably vegetables, and miking and manipulating them incorporating them with traditional instruments and live electronics. Of her music, she says that she's interested in creating intricate yet simple narratives that evoke intangible moments in time. And listening around a bit, her music is largely tonal and seems to me all about establishing a particular ambience or sonic state for each piece. That's performed by the American Composers Orchestra and was put out on Angelica Negron's Soundcloud in 2015. Next up, a classic from Ryoichi Ikeda. Ryochi Okeda's Data Matrix from 2006, clocking in at 10 minutes exactly. Ryochi Okeda probably needs no introduction, but anyway. Japanese artist living in Paris, he's to me equally a sound artist and a visual artist, sonically exploring glitch and raw sound sources, such as pure sign tones and noise. He often works with sounds at the threshold of audibility and at the upper end of the audible frequency spectrum. Meanwhile, visually, elements of his work seem to concern representations of data that are born out of preoccupations with tech, along with particle physics and quantum mechanics. So the album this track is taken from, called Dataplex, is interesting for me as an album in that it teases with rhythmic interest and ambient uh, ambience on the one hand, and yet is pretty austere on another in terms of its sound palette all crackles, pops, glitches and rumbles, along with liberal blasts of noise. Some of it is relatively hard listening sonically. People have described the high-pitched sounds in particular as being borderline painful to hear. But the noise is never that punishing to my ears, especially compared to several other practitioners within that field. Compositionally, it hangs together as a whole album, perhaps better than can be reflected by a single piece. But that one is probably the most well-regarded of the album, coming very near the end, and seeming like a summation of everything that has come before brought satisfyingly to life in terms of having some rhythmic energy and who knows maybe even the potential to have a bit of a boogie too if that's your kind of thing so that album Dataplex was put out on Rasta Noten in 2006. <laughs> Three of Lyra Auerbach's 24 Preludes for Violin and Piano there, written in 1999. You heard the ones in C Major, C Minor and F Sharp Minor. She's a Russian-born composer from Chelyabinsk and now living in New York, I think. She's a concert pianist as well as being very prolific as a composer and is also a published novelist, poet and visual artist. Where do people find the time? And this cycle of pieces, 24 for violin and piano, as expected, one for each of the major and minor keys, has a real psychological weight to it. All the pieces are generally very dark in tone, even the major key ones, where passages are shot through with a coldness or iciness, and so often a real sense of dramatic punch, particularly in the liberal use of the piano's low register. That was performed by Vadim Glusman on violin and Angela Joff, on piano and taken from the album 24 preludes for violin and piano Tifala postlude released on the label bis in 2003 just lovely that's george walker's lyric for strings written in 1946 he was an african-american composer died just last year from washington dc and he was the first african-american to have won the pulitzer prize for music he was a very well-regarded concert pianist as well as being a teacher and composer and that piece was originally the second movement of his first string quartet written in 1946 and was originally titled lament before Walker fleshed it out for string orchestra and changed its name to lyric for strings. And it's since actually become one of the most frequently performed 20th century orchestral works by a living composer. I think it just marries a certain simplicity on a technical level with a poetic subtlety that must have become very attractive for both professional and amateur performers alike. That was performed by the Chicago Sinfonietta conducted by Paul Freeman, and was taken from the album African Heritage Symphonic Series Volume 2, released on Sedil in 2002. And now, closing out the show, this is the Missouri Harmony. That piece is addictive. I've been really getting into it recently. That's Christopher Fox's The Missouri Harmony, written between 1984 and 1985. And it takes its title from the American Shape Note Tune Book of 1820, which was the most popular frontier tune book of its era. And shape note notation, introduced in late 18th-century England, became a popular teaching device in American singing schools and churches. As the name implies, shapes were added to the note heads in written music to help singers find pitches within major and minor scales without the use of more complex information found in key signatures on the staff. So different shapes for the different steps of the scale, basically. And using this notation, in some early American singing traditions, each member of the congregation would pursue their own musical path, creating a kind of heterophony or multiple forking around the original melody. And Christopher Fox has said of the piece that there are three voices, right hand, left hand and pedals, that move independently but similarly. In each voice phrases lengthen and then contract, lengthen and finally contract again, and in all the voices there is a gradual movement upward. Progress is slow throughout, not so slow that awareness of overall melodic contour is lost, but slow enough for it to be possible to enjoy the acoustic presence of single harmonies. And if you wanna call this piece minimalism, then I think this is where it is at its best in music, where systems are put in place to create something that is very much greater than the sum of the parts, pointing to something just beyond the notes and the processes involved. And that was performed by Caleb kuman on organ and released on his YouTube channel in 2017. It has also been released on record in a different version on Chris Fox's album, A Glimpse of Sion's Glory, and that was put out on NMC. And that's it for another episode of The Tonic. Shout out to Nick in particular and everyone at Threads for hosting, and also to Chris and Ellie. And The Tonic will be back on a slightly different day next month due to the Christmas period. So that's going to be between 10 and 12 GMT on Friday, the 27th of December. I'm Luke Fraser. Thanks for
1: listening.